Welcome back to another untitled streaming review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Hold on. I just smell something really, really weird. Um, it's, it's so like Matt, like it's, it's, it has this weird smell like, and it's, and I don't know where it's coming from and it just kind of hit me suddenly. Um, I, I don't know if this is a bit or if this is genuine. I, no, honestly, like. <laughs> This, I thought you were going to lead into some sort of pun, like, uh, I don't know. It smells <laughs> like I got, like, my first whiff of what if. Ah, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I, I wasn't sure if this was going to be a bit or not, and it ended up being a bit. I hate you. Uh, yes, today we are uh, reviewing or reacting or giving our first impressions uh, to the first three episodes of Marvel Studios' What If, which is premiering on Disney Plus uh, this Wednesday, August the 11th, uh, with episodes each following Wednesday. Eric, uh, that was a long lead-in to that whatever the hell that joke was. It was me. How it was you? me, literally just rhyming <laughs> "whiff" and "what if." Uh, we did get a whiff of "what if," a whiff of the first third of this series, this Twilight Zone inspired kind of uh, Marvel Studios uh, animated series, their first uh, foray into the animation world. Which is weird to um, think about because I, I was I, when I was I picked up a tim horton's coffee iced coffee right before we recorded this i i'm sorry yeah it's it's okay um i just need caffeine to sustain myself for for what we're recording right now in the regular show um and i was thinking about that you know it being the first official mcu animated series anthology series we should also say because it's not yeah. sort of one through storyline with the exception of the watcher voiced by uh, jeffrey wright um sort of introing each episode and sort of watching uh from the galaxy um as as you see him in 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 certain scenes sort of in the yeah, landscape in scenes. the second and third episode yeah. yeah um but it's also funny to think of it. it's like oh it's its first animated you know series but i mean marvel comics were you know animated yeah. comic books so it's like it's it's funny to think it's like oh it's it took this long to get kind of an an i mean i know we had big hero six but that wasn't in marvel studios movie and even spider-verse like, I mean, obviously as yeah, well and i think exactly. i think this i think this specifically we've been talking a lot about spider-verse when it comes to the multiverse aspect of how the influential it's been. yeah and and yeah. and you can definitely tell with these first three episodes you know th this is giving you not only the first mcu anthology animated series it's not just giving you a taste of what's to come in uh sort of the multiverse in an animated form but it's also very telling that spider-verse the way that this plays out it's as much as influenced by you know twilight zone the outer limits and spider-verse all mixed into one sort of anthology series, which I think is very interesting to sort of have a conversation at looking at it as an overall sort of series. Yeah. Uh, we will be uh, reacting to the first three episodes. Uh, no spoilers. We'll only talk about, because there are uh, uh, quite a few genuine surprises in these first three episodes, and I don't want to give any of that away because I feel like that was a lot of my enjoyment out of the uh, first three episodes and much more. But, Which will be hard um, because I feel like there are some interesting talking yeah. points with a few of the spoilers that I know we can't talk about necessarily. We, this is an overall sort of initial impression reaction to everything, mm -hmm. but there are some some talking points that we'll have to sort of either cryptically yeah. reference or not at all. And it's mm -hmm. kind of, it kind of is a shame. And maybe we'll revisit it after the episodes air for everyone and maybe on the main show or, or, or something like that. Cause I feel like this is uh, a, a series that you could get really nerdy for each specific episode and kind of talk about what you loved or, or didn't love in each one. And I will give you an overall kind of feeling of how we're feeling over these three episodes. No, no rating at the end, much like if you guys listened to our other, you know, Disney plus Marvel reactions and, and TV show reactions, because we're only giving, I mean, I guess with this one, we could, give like a rating to each episode but because they're self-contained so we have seen the full story in each one of these episodes but that seems kind of silly so we'll just kind of talk about i feel like um each episode on a general sense uh we'll let you know what the episode was about which wasn't necessarily featured uh in the trailers but we won't give away any major plot well the trailers also like give you to. enough like what we're going to talk about today in terms of of plot yes. synopsis 
at least for the first two episodes, we've seen what those episodes are. Yeah, about. and and it's again, it's unfortunate because I think that the the you know spoiler alert, the best of the three episodes is the third episode, and I feel that that episode is the one that gets the closest to a combination of Twilight Zone and the Outer Limits in terms of yeah. being a little bit more darker um in its mm-hmm. sort of approach to the and just narrative. completely different than what the movies have yeah been, and, right? and and so. truly allowing the the filmmakers and the and the and the and the, the writers to play with the characters in a way that isn't sort of confined you would never be able to do in the movies. yeah which isn't confined <laughs> yeah. to the continuity of yeah. the live action uh mcu but then again i mean that's another conversation that we could even have you know do you see any of these of these three, and maybe even after we've seen the rest of it, we can come back to it and re- revisit it. Do you see any of these animated characters making their way into the live action MCU the way that a lot of the Star Wars animated series have now become yeah. canon? I mean, even that- the end credits of these shows, with the exception of the second one, because we didn't really get end credits for the second yeah, one. Yeah, um, it was unfinished. Looks yeah. like the Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They show concept art, and we'll, we'll get into that at the end. Um, so, how? Uh, let's go through the three. We saw three episodes, and I'll kind of give you an overview of what each episode was, and then Eric and I can just talk about it as a whole. So, um, the what if for the first episode um, essentially is what if Peggy Carter becomes Captain Carter and gets the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers, and then you have a few flips there of. Uh, Howard Stark creates kind of the Iron Monger suit that we know from the first Iron Man. Now, movie is it the and, Iron Monger or is it sort of, or it's like Tony Stark's Mark, yeah, Mark one. one suit, yeah. Because of. Iron yeah, Monger sorry. is, is, is Jeff he kind of had some upgrades. Right? Yeah, I know, but it's the same suit. It's like the same suit with some upgrades. Anyways, it's the Mark one Iron Man suit. Thank you, Eric. That um, kind of Steve Rogers uh, kind of uh, gets from Howard Stark. And then you kind of have a Peggy and Steve team up uh, that kind of goes over the events of the first Captain America. America movie but spins them um into what if peggy carter was captain carter then in the second episode you get what if t'challa becomes star lord so it kind of meshes black panther and the guardians of the galaxy movies into this kind of heist um kind of episode which i thought was a lot of fun and with uh some great surprises in that and then the third episode is kind of like an agatha christie murder mystery not maybe a single location but takes place over the events of fury's big week which if uh you're really nerdy and to the MCU is when Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and the first Thor movie all kind of happen in the same week. So uh, when Fury's kind of putting together the Avengers for the first time and kind of trying, you know, when Fury shows up in each one of those movies, that's all takes place over the same week. So you kind of get events from Iron Man 2, uh, The Incredible Hulk, and the first Thor movie in this very cool, like Eric's saying, like dark murder mystery that you'd never kind of be able to get in um in the live action mcu uh so eric i don't know where i want to start but i just want to get your overall kind of thoughts on the first three episodes you've already said you like the third episode the most um but what were your thoughts kind of overall with those with these three episodes well here here's the thing i think two of the three are, are really solid the first um episode as you mentioned with, with yeah. captain carter is is fine um yeah but this is the thing i, I was also concerned with going into it because of the anthology aspect of a series because not every episode of an anthology movie or series is going to hit it, hit it, out, it of out of the park so the inconsistency is is going to vary between episode to episode so if you're looking at this as like the big picture you know i would say that this is you know two out of three it's going to be hard once they're all done to kind of rank it in the overall MCU because a couple episodes might be fantastic and then a couple you might go eh, yeah, and, and then overall. And it's like- the same thing again with anthology movies where like as much as I like, you know, George Romero and 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 Stephen King's Creep Show, there are better there are a couple better stories than than other ones in there yeah. that kind of stand out and then it kind of weighs down the rest of the narrative. And I mean, I guess you could look at what if is almost this weird microcosm of the MCU 
as a whole. Like if you're looking at the MCU live action movies, you know, and and looking like okay, some are better than others. You know, like there are some movies. Obviously, they're all connected in some way or another, but there are some that are better. And then you can look at What If in the same way. Within What yeah. If, you know, there are going to be some that'll probably stand out a little bit more than others. And that third episode felt like it was the closest in terms of concept of what these, you know, the creators wanted to do. I believe uh, the the director and one of the writers is Brian uh, Andrews, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yep, uh, directed by Brian Andrews, created by AC Bradley. I, I would go over the whole cast, but it is basically everyone that has ever appeared in the MCU except for, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get, Robert Downey Jr. We'll, we'll get, get into, into that, that because yeah. I think that's also something that will be uh, a critical talking point. But, yeah, I but agree, overall, yeah. looking at this, that's that's the one problem I have with any sort of anthology storytelling where there is always going, no matter what, there's going to be inconsistencies, even if it is the same person directing and the same writing team sort of putting it together. It's just, you know, one proposal or idea is going to be stronger than the other. And, it, and it's even with, you know, the live action series right now. I think, you know, WandaVision is head above water compared to Loki, which is just kind of, you know, treading water, which is really solid. And then, you know, Captain I think and- some people think it's the other way around, but I agree. But this with is you my opinion. This is this is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, I'm not saying it's like everybody thinks it's you just right. mean anyone in general. You're going to have different opinions. Exactly. On exactly. And where I'm coming from, I'm looking at it like and, and for me, like, uh, you know, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the one that kind of the one that kind of faltered. At yeah. The end, yeah. And that's kind of what I felt with this, you know, where like I felt the first one was fine. And I get why they're they're doing Captain Carter first, because because it is the most sort of accessible and and you know it has a little bit of, of pep in its step and it's fun and it you know it's it's great to see you know Peggy Carter kind of break the glass ceiling and you know this World War II setting and some Lovecraftian aspects integrated yeah. into uh, the storyline. But overall, I just kind of felt like it was okay. It's 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 very one note and it's it's I I totally agree with you. We're on the same page. Where that first episode, I I went. Oh, that was cool. Like that was a fun spin on the first Captain America movie, but to me it felt the most similar to its original subject matter. It, it, like it that, was a fun spin not a, but not a tail spin. Yes, and then I I really thought like, oh, the, this played out kind of almost exactly like the first Captain America movie. It's just Peggy Carter is Captain Carter instead of it being Captain America. And I guess the one addition there is you have the Mark one Iron Man suit and, and Steve being in there. And I like um, the best stuff in that first episode, I think are the action sequences because I thought they were really well designed. Like the animation in general over the three uh, took me a second to kind of get uh, used to. It's this cell shaded 3d 2d looking. It kind of looks a little bit like Um, Archer. Yeah, Archer a little bit, or even rotoscoped, uh, uh, because of everyone trying to match what they look like live action. It almost kind of looks rotoscoped. Which is funny times, because, like, like speaking of rotoscope, and I mean, um, obviously Robert Downey Jr. doesn't supply his voice for Tony Stark. Sure, yeah. But thinking of Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Richard Linklater's A Scanner Darkly and yeah, his yeah. rotoscope ver- version of himself in that, that was right before he kind of yeah. had Iron Man. So that was when he was making yeah, his exactly. comeback then. Yeah, so um, the animation I thought looked best in the action sequences, and I just liked how Peggy moved as Captain Carter and how those action sequences kind of um, uh, were showcased. Like, uh, I feel like they were able to do a lot of things that they weren't able to do in movies, whether it was, um, you know, I loved when the Mark I Iron Man suit was Steve in it and her would like team up and she'd like fly on his back and jump into planes in the air and fight all these guys in the way that the camera movement moved and just the way that her fight style was different. She was more like nimble and, and, and more aerobatic, aerobatic. What, aerodynamic a, a no aerodynamic or something like uh uh a, what am i thinking of like a acrobatic that's what i'm thinking of that's the word um where she's doing more that's more dick grayson than, than than peggy yeah, carter but i get kinda, what you're saying but no i i yeah you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah she's more she's aerodynamic like, she's she's more there's more of a physicality to the performance yeah. in, in terms of the animation style Yes, when it comes to the fight sequences. And I thought that stuff was really, really cool. And there are a lot of great moments with Peggy. And even seeing Steve kind of have to deal with, you know, he doesn't become Captain America. And he's still, you know, the scrawny Steve Rogers we know from um, uh, before he becomes Captain America. But then dealing with him getting the Iron Man suit and um, and all that I thought was actually really interesting. But again, it kind of just... And then that's the concept, right? There's not 
much more to it other than okay what are the events what of the what would happen if that happens and then it kind of plays out like captain america does and there's some cool twists with you know red skull and 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 kind of how things play out but and you said there's some love lovecrafty and stuff that was um uh, uh surprising and we won't go into detail there but um I, I did like the the action sequences in this first episode and i like the twist and then getting into what you were talking about of not having chris evans as Steve oh, Rogers. it's noticeable. Um, it is, but I almost like as the episodes went on and as that episode, I feel like that left my brain pretty quickly. Like uh, I do think that the second episode for me, I, I enjoyed the most. Sec two and three are like tied for these are awesome to right. me in different, very different ways. Um, episode two, and we'll get into episode two, but had the most um, accurate voice casting out of the three episodes because basically everyone was their actor from the mcu right. for the most and, part and, and i gotta um, i want to just say this quickly with the chris evans thing so yeah so the actor I, I i'm not sure who the name is of the actor who voices chris evans it's not that i necessarily think the performance is bad per se yeah it's just that and this is another thing that i'll i'll be critical of as we go through and 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 you're right this one has the most sort of ratio to live action cast and and being incorporated into the animated uh, series. The second episode does. Well, most, of, most of them do. And the first episode. Yeah, one and two, two kind of have the most. But what I'm trying to get there is that it's almost weirdly distracting to have some of the live action people as well. Like I almost feel yeah. like they should have made you want it one or one the or other. The other. Right? They should have made yeah. a decision there. And and because sometimes I find even the, the, the actual live action, you know, versions that are doing, you know, the animated uh, counterparts – I find that some of the, the the voice performance, the vocals can be a little bit off because I yeah, feel like I, I know what you're like saying, some yeah. of the voice actors that are just voice actors are giving the best performance that they can. But I then agree, again, yeah. talking about inconsistency, there's this sort of weird jarring kind of quality when you're hearing these two kind of voices interact where you have like a traditionally sort of trained actor like Haley Atwell, you know, going up against, you know, even, even someone like Dominic Cooper, where it's like his accent is so kind of cartoony and, and over the top. Yeah. You didn't really need Dominic Cooper to voice that or Toby Jones as, as one of the villains. You could have just hired a voice actor. And I agree with you that sometimes it does sound off because you can tell that a lot of these people are, you know, they're not voice actors, yeah. right? So they're trying to do the performance that they gave in these movies, but they're sitting in a booth doing it and they're not playing off the other actors and they're trying to kind of uh, deliver them in the same way, but it does come off as a little bit like to 11 or just sometimes. stilted in, like, a, in a weird way because stilted, yeah. be, because like you have someone like Sebastian Stan who is just literally catchphrases throughout the entire yeah, run which time. is funny he's, I he's a couple sardines short of a can <laughs> everyone was a fish joke yeah I know I thought that was really I know funny. it's like literally and, and sometimes like it is it is funny those jokes just because of the phrasing of them that those old quippy timey phrases but at the same time you can tell that like it's it's very kind of stilted stiff the the way that it's delivered i I, I like having the cast from the movies i i really do and that doesn't bother me all that much i do agree with you. some are that, better than others um and yeah some people are better than others and then i i do think it is a little distracting to have you know you know Steve Rogers. I guess the way you get around that, it's a multiverse, so it doesn't have to necessarily be the same person. It could be someone completely different, right? Like it's not the Steve Rogers we know from our main timeline, right? So if he sounds a little bit different, then there's your excuse. It's just, it takes a second when a lot of the actors are their actual voices. And then you have someone who sort of sounds like Chris Evans, but doesn't really sound like Chris Evans. And then that kind of happens with a couple characters throughout the series, uh, at least in these first three I episodes. I think the best but, person in this who comes across perfectly in terms of not that they've been in the MCU before, but in terms of, you know, the voice and, and the, and the actual personality of, of who he is as an actor is Bradley Whitford. I think Bradley yeah. Whitford is Bradley Whitford is brilliant at playing a scumbag. And yeah. he, even in animated form, he is perfect. Oh, he, and his delivery is natural. And yeah, sounds, like it just sounds, sounds like Bradley great, yeah. Whitford. And, and that's, I think that's a, a benefit. And I guess he's kind of replacing Tommy Lee Jones in, in, 
But he Bradley Whitford did was in the Agent Carter TV okay. series as that okay. character. Okay, so I so, see. I didn't know it about. I, I, that. At least I'm pretty sure because I remember I'm with the first sure. movie, Tommy Lee Jones's is general character was kind of the sort of the American. Yeah, and I'm sure they could not get Tommy Lee Jones, which is strange so. because they got everybody else, and I'm sure like again, someone like Tommy Lee Jones could have recorded it from his house yeah. in a couple um, lines. Yeah, Bradley Whitford was in the Agent Carter. Um, uh, short film and then I believe he might be in the TV series as well but um, he definitely was in that one shot the Agent Carter one shot that they did okay so they are um, including the continuity of the one shots even as well yeah okay. yeah yeah so uh, yeah Eric that first episode so I think we're kind of on the same page right like it was it was enjoyable but I don't know if I would have been after that first that's why I think this is so valuable uh, I mean, giving people three episodes, at least critics to kind of let people know. And I think this also happened with some of the other shows, like the first episode of Loki was very exposition heavy. And like, uh, we got the first three episodes of WandaVision, which then kind of led into letting people know like, hey, you might not be totally on board after this first episode, you might go, oh, that was a cool spin. Um, but I don't know if this is really going to be like that that great and then we get into episodes two and three which i really feel like get very very creative and in the way that ironically weirdly uh tim was uh, tim gettys from kind of funny was on our um uh last draft of the untitled movie podcast when eric was out and we were talking a little bit about the multiverse and the mcu and stuff and you know marvel going into and eric we've talked about this nonstop, but like you know, phase three into phase four of giving their filmmakers a little bit more control, being a little bit more creative of, you know, their superhero movies, but we can have a subgenre to these, right? Whether it's comedy or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, where I was like, oh yeah. And we were talking about uh, white Lotus being a murder mystery. I'm like, oh, we could get an MCU murder mystery thing or, and c- call these subgenres. And I mean, we've seen heist stuff in the MCU, but the second episode, um, really plays out kind of like a heist movie and you have this idea of um t'challa um you know getting abducted not abducted but uh, you know meeting yondu and the and the ravagers instead of uh peter quill and then it kind of sets off this you know uh wild kind of universe where peter quill's never taken and t'challa is the one who becomes star lord and it was so wonderful to hear chadwick boseman again as that character and i think that's what i took out the most from this episode and it was so sad just like kind of watching it because um he's so natural and i thought he was good um and it was just so great that we got one. And I, I know he's supposed to be in a few episodes of this show, but and just seeing him do something completely different and interact with a lot of the cast from Guardians of the Galaxy, and then yeah, the Ravengers um, specifically, and and, the, he, and, yes. and like you said, like there, I almost feel that his voice work here is even better than the live action performance he yeah. gave in in the first uh, Black Panther uh, movie because there's something that like you know he is working with an accent, but it kind of plays really well within an animated sort of milieu or design of, of T'Challa. And I think that like, again, there's almost like a, a swashbuckling quality to him. And and I felt like this whole episode. Yeah. I really love the idea that this is, this is more of a heist movie than any of the Ant-Man films have been. I agree Um, completely. But also on top of that, this, this episode is literally, literally a middle finger to Peter Quill. And like, it's, yes, it's, it's so good because man. it's like it's Peter so Quill good. is such a goof that if anybody, but Peter Quill was abducted Became by star, Yondu, <laughs> they would, th- the universe would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, what's great to this. And there are some great moments playing off that, that T'Challa is just such a better human than Peter Quill yeah. that like, he literally like the guardians never come together in this universe. And it, the focus is mostly on the Ravengers. Um, and it, it's so, there are some great surprising moments. There is one specifically that I almost did a spit take when it happened. Same. And I was like, same. I know minute. what you're talking Wait. about. And I was like, and then this, then it, it's like, and then I thought it would be like a one-off joke. But then it's like a big part of the episode. And but like, it's also important to the themes of the episode yes, because the yeah. theme of this episode, I would definitely say is fathers and their children and sort yes. of that connection that we have, it, it, you know, like the idea that uh, a, a father figure or father, you know, sort of projects 
onto their 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 offspring, their their next of kin, and sort of you know their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their phobias, and sort of how that you know basically cultivates the child into who they become or what they become. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of the main sort of through line in this entire episode. Totally agree. And I think even the the Yondu stuff with T'Challa is even better. Like he uses a lot of his dialogue from the Guardians movie that he used with Peter, but he uses it with T'Challa. But it's it's better. In this well, Michael season, Rooker is another is and another like, great actor his, who, yeah. you know, his southern twang yeah. is so soothing in a way. And I mean, we will talk about him in Vivo as well. Uh, and, yeah. and, and that, yeah. So we got a double dose of uh, Michael Rooker voice uh, Rooker, actor. Yeah. Um, we got a triple dose this past week, yeah. right? With him in uh, in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even even in F nine, you know, the summer of yeah. Michael Rooker. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, really. And good for him. He's he's always good. But like, yeah, I think that that bond, like, even though again they're animated characters, and I don't know if if Chadwick Boseman ever met Michael Rooker, you know, beforehand, yeah. but you feel it in those moments that they're together, uh, you know, on screen as the animated uh, characters and. I really liked that relationship quite a bit. And it's a shame that, you know, we probably really won't get any more of that because it's the other thing that we yeah. should mention with each one of these episodes, they do end in a way that isn't final. It almost feels like each yeah. episode ends where it's like is left if case they want to revisit that universe in a, in a whether but live from a different action angle. or, um, because yeah. there's the, or it's almost, in it's, it's like new seasons. Of yeah. Water. Yeah. Like that's what exactly what it is. Like I said, okay, what if season two will do, you know, an episode that kind of continues Captain, Captain Carter Carter's, and, so, and yeah. so on and so on. But again, like they're not all continuations. It, it could be a different angle in the same universe. And I think that's kind of interesting as well, because that is completely different from the twilight zone and the outer limits where it was finite. The ending was the end. It was just a short story where these do kind of, right. they're not necessarily cliffhangers or like to be continued. They don't, but they're a little to. nugget to go, Hey, we might revisit this or it's just like, the Twilight Zone thing of leaving on, uh, you know, a, a downer note or leaving on some sort of like thinker moment of going like, oh, okay, how how's that or or they're something like, like that. They're almost like stingers I, within each episode. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think the the one that we talked about uh, that kind of dunks on a certain character is really really the great. The whole time, that's and, what um, I was I was just thinking that because like even when you're kind of introduced to Star Lord to begin with, and, and that's kind of like the big moment. The rev- shout out to Jaiman Hansu though too, yeah. because his character he becomes a total fanboy. Yeah, and it's it's so good, like taking that one moment and just putting that twist on it, and then making him an integral part of this episode. And I know he appeared in Captain Marvel as well, and we got a little bit more from that character. But like Jaiman Hansu as Korath in this, it, it was just like I was not expecting that at all, and I thought he did a great right. Job. And and again, like it kind of plays up on that angle of you know, like even in the opening scene, and the format of of these three episodes is very similar with the opening where you'll have Jeff rewrites the watcher kind of explaining to you what not just this particular episode is but in the opening credits the idea of what the multiverse is and sort of you know will kind of peer into each of these sort of universes or these kind of spin-offs in a way that won't be intrusive in any way he's not going to get involved he'll just be watching and telling you like again like you know rod serling or the crypt keeper or something like it's that awesome yeah yeah and then in episodes two and three we see him kind of pop up in the background of and like kind of in the sky watching in different sequences which wasn't really in that first episode but episode two and three had no it. but he's there's there's more of him in episode one one kind of introducing the whole concept. And I think that's why they probably didn't put him in sort of the background somewhere, but I kind of like this idea of this celestial being, it it almost weirdly did remind me of watching TV. Well, like just like it, 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 it it has almost like a fantastic four silver surfer kind of vibe to it already. So I think that that works actually really quite well. And again, I think just Jeffrey Wright's a perfect, actor to to have you know do voiceover narration i agree and then all the heist elements from this episode i just think are so much fun and and i think what the show a jack collector so, yeah <laughs> so jack um 
Yeah, he is. Super he's we- he's literally and, wearing Xander Cage's uh, uh, coat as well. Which and there's some yeah, and there's some great moments with other. And it gets so nerdy. Like I feel like the show can be enjoyed by you know just casual MCU fans that will notice things here and there. But then if you're really hardcore and rewatch the movies all the time and know every element of the MCU, like I feel like you're just. I think you're just gonna have such a blast with these shows. And I and I think after ten years now, there's such an identity with the different characters in the movies that they do a great job especially in the second episode of like blending those two worlds so like a music cue from black panther will just like that's all you need and like where you have the kind of the score from black panther come in but then you have the guardian score in other moments and like just using those as cues throughout it to kind of blend these universes and like i know it's one universe but like you know blend these characters together um is just so impressive and and there's such a, like a uh, an audible identity to certain things where right when that that sound cue comes on you know exactly where it's from and what they're alluding to and then they show you some elements from you know Wakanda and stuff like that and um it's just it, it's just so much fun to kind of see you know characters that have either never interacted with each other or just these different spins on characters and yeah we keep alluding to one thing but there's like one character in the second episode that I was just like I ca- I did not expect this at right. all. And, and, and like, there's something about that character as well that I do have a negative criticism okay. about, but I can't really talk about it because sure, it will reveal yeah. who we're talking about. So I'll talk to you yeah. about it afterwards because I do yeah. think that I would almost like to hear the ar- – I'll just say this. I would like to hear the argument, what the argument was. <laughs> sure. Because yeah, I yeah, think it has to be fair. a pretty powerful argument to – swayed somebody um and that's all i'll say and 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 other than that i do kind of and again i'll I'll talk to you afterwards about this because there is something i want to say that like just it's not even a criticism it's just a funny comment that i noticed like at the end of the episode with that character i know and i really guys i don't want to spoil anything for you because i feel like all three of these episodes have at least one or two or multiple moments where i was like oh shit okay or like uh, a surprising you know thing and um i think that's what uh, this show is going to be so great at, but it's, it's not just the like, thing. We should just sub- mention that now. It's not yeah, the yeah. thing. The <laughs> yeah. thing is not in this. Of subverting our expectations and just kind of like anything can happen, kind of thing. Um, and I think that's what's great. Again, w- even though it's distracting at times when you have characters voiced by you know someone who's not uh, you know in the MCU, they use a voice actor for them. But like, I like that that doesn't hinder them at using whoever they want. Like they're going to go, well, we want Steve Rogers to be in this show. We want Tony Stark to be in this show. Like it would be weird if we just didn't use them. Um, so you're just going to have to get over that. It's not Robert Downey Jr. Or Chris Evans. Well, I also or, think it depends or, on how much you use them because if we're going to yeah. segue into part three, there's not three, a lot three, yeah. of Tony Stark. So it's not as distracting, but I'm still worried about that episode where him With and Killmonger, Killmonger team yeah. up because in yeah. that's the one moment in that trailer where it does feel like yeah. you know a but voice I actor more you, I hope the more you get of that just like shout out to Lake Bell who was in the third that's episode that's what I was also as... going to say I think she does the best Scar joke like in yeah. terms of everybody that's not like a, an original cast member reprising their role I think she does the best I mean, she's she's a great she, voice actor to begin with. I mean, yeah, obviously with Poison Ivy and yeah. and even like you know her her film in a world which talks about voice acting, which is a great movie, and I think a lot of people everyone should go check that it, out. Yeah. She does the best Scar Joe impersonation, like where it doesn't feel immediately. I you go, oh, that's like Belle, and then you go because her name pops up in the credits, and then um you go, oh, okay, and then she does she's doing Scar Joe, but she still sounds like Lake Bell. Um, and I immediately right away because you know, uh, Black Widow is probably one of the main characters in this third episode, yeah. And I kind of already described what happens. It's Fury's big week. Um, it's a murder mystery. Um, and he's basically pro in, in this yes. situation. And then it kind of, again, goes over iconic moments, as you mentioned in phase one of revisiting, you know, Iron Man two and the first Thor movie and the, and the incredible Hulk, the worst voice actor though, is also in this, uh, uh, episode, which is whoever voices, um, is Liv Tyler. No, 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 no. William <laughs> oh, Hurt, okay. uh, general oh, yeah, Ross yeah. does not yeah. sound like William Hurt whatsoever. No, he sounds way younger yeah. kind of, I felt like. 
Um, I thought the person who did, I guess Liv Tyler hasn't been in the MCU for so long that it doesn't matter who voiced that person. But that's also but a little bit strange that, is that they have brought yeah. back in Betty Ross Betty because Ross, Betty Ross yeah. is, is, is the one character that has not we been haven't seen. brought yeah. back in any shape or form. And I wonder if there will be any reference to her at all in, in, you know, She-Hulk even, um, I wouldn't be surprised. It just, um, it just seems it just seems weird that like they didn't even re like if if Liv Tyler didn't want to come back to the MCU that they didn't um, recast because it does feel like that is a, a, an integral character to the Hulk storyline, but yeah. even just the MCU. So it, it, it was weird that like, the first time we've seen Betty Ross again is in this sort of format. Yeah, and but it was cool to see her, you know, interact with you and know, see Toronto um, animated weirdly because uh, the Incredible Hulk was all shot in yeah, Toronto. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, right before uh, turning red, um, I, this one is the hardest to talk about because I feel like we could give, but it's also the so best, much away. and that's the thing. Yeah, like yeah. there's there's a lot going on with the murder mystery aspect, but there's another sort of angle to this that gets a lot darker as the story does progress, and where it ends is one that is hopeful but still horrific in how it presents sort of the overall um sort of story the overall arc of of the narrative in this and what i love about it is again it ends in a way that is it, it, that's satisfying it feels like a, a natural conclusion but it also could continue yeah i agree and um i should have said i've watched um all three episodes twice now um, cause I watched once by myself the day that we got them cause I couldn't wait. And then, um, I would told Nevis, I'm like, no, you got to watch this. Like it's, it's, it's great. So I, I rewatched it with her and in this third episode, especially, um, I, it really holds up as a really solid, well thought out murder mystery because upon rewatching, once I knew the solution, um, I wanted to go, okay, let's see how this plays out in, in real time and see if I can kind of pick holes or where they were cheating and stuff like that but it's like it's really clever and and i feel like it, it it had a gotcha moment where you know like i i was like oh shit like i did eventually get it um when a uh uh word is said um or like the last clue um is essentially said but uh, i kind of knew where they were going i just wasn't sure what the solution was but then uh re-watching it i'm like oh man they did a really good job at misdirection and then with the solution of going oh yeah that tracks completely how it, it goes from what if and, to who done it yeah and it's it's so much fun and like and so unexpected um uh and, and really 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 cool and uh and that's what i'm talking about that i think this show has so much potential um to be a long-running show and to be um just playing with different genre and i think they're just gonna have a blast with that like we know we're getting a zombie episode with marvel zombies which is a, a popular comic series that i'm assuming will be like a like a old school zombie flick or something like that. And we know that they've kind of referenced. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we know that they've kind of mentioned different genres. One being like a a, a rom-com. I think they talked about or or one episode feeling like can't hardly wait in national lampoon movies um, and and stuff like that. So like, it's going to be, really cool moving forward and i know we're barely touching on the third episode but i'm just gonna say the third episode's awesome like it's just a a fantastic murder mystery in the mcu and like it's something that i was not expecting at all they're saying that there's a horror episode like which might be the zombie episode but maybe something different but um that's what i'm i'm so intrigued by by this series and i think like i would have if i was a kid i'd be obsessed with this show i am a 32 year old man and i'm almost obsessed with this show so far where i'm like if you really love the mcu i feel like you're gonna just absolutely love this because i just feel like um taking familiar characters and settings and then just putting these interesting twists on them. If they get as creative as they did in the third episode and even that second episode, which I feel like, you know, com- just taking the simple concept of what happens if this character was placed in this movie instead. And then we also and took like, a heist. We and, made it a heist movie. Yeah. A heist movie. Right. So that's what I think. That's all you got to do there. The puzzle pieces are there and like, and then genres are just sitting there and there's such this like, 
again, these subgenres, yeah, superhero movies was a genre, but now we can kind of go, okay, what subgenres can we play with? And I feel like each episode, if they kind of like, even that first episode being like a, you know, old school style serial 40s, 50s kind of thing, which I guess the first Captain America kind of was anyway. Uh, I guess that's why it feels the most familiar, but um I think all three episodes are thoroughly enjoyable and they got better as they went on. So to our point earlier, like, yeah, I, I feel like there might be one that you eventually we get to and we're like, eh, that did nothing for me. Like, and, and the first episode is the closest to that where I'm like, that was cool, but I don't know what I'd love to see a Thor's roommate animated episode. I, uh, that might happen, man. Like we know, like from some of the cast that they've announced with, you know, Taika Waititi's playing Korg and um, talking about, you know, Thor's other roommates. Um, but yeah, we, we know some places that they're going to go. We know uh, S- uh, Dr. Strange is in a couple episodes, Spider-Man. We know the zombie episode, like um, they teased certain things, which I don't think that they'll show in this season, but we said like each episode kind of ends at a place that could go into revisiting it in a second season or something like that now the question um, that i brought up at the beginning of the episode i'd like to talk about a little bit more do you see any of the continuity from this animated anthology entering into the live action uh multiverse because i i feel like there is an opportunity there if the what if series is popular enough and generates buzz around certain characters like you could end up seeing you know captain carter show up that's in the, the one that i could see in like, the mcu if, or, if anything, or or even tom holland as the sort of doctor strange fusion well or, they might touch on that even in the in the doctor strange multiverse of madness movie right like i think that episode because we've already seen you know um spider-man as doctor strange i think is one of the the episodes or you see him in kind of a doctor strange style costume um maybe they'll touch on that in multiverse of madness, right? Like this is going to lead maybe into some stuff there, right? Like, I don't know. Because Clone um, Wars be is connected to both the, the and Star Wars canon as- and the Mandalorian, like the main Star Wars stuff. Like it, and it, and it feels almost like this too still exists within the MCU overall as, as uh, it is. They said everything's canon yeah. and, and there's a reason why this um, came out right after Loki and the, in the finale of Loki. Um, I could see some of these characters as soon as multiverse of madness, man there. I think uh, Peggy Carter, uh, Haley Atwell could show up in that movie as captain Carter already in like something like that, that quickly, because I feel like maybe it's just one scene. Well, they did shoot in England, right? Through. So, um, and, and maybe it's Haley one Atwell scene where like, she can still travel to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, you know, uh, jumping through the, the multiverse or something like that. Like I could see them already revisiting some stuff that they set up in this show, whether it's just a tease or they show up for one scene or something like that. Like I could already see that maybe they're not going to be a huge part or maybe they will be moving forward. But like, I do think like if anyone, um, Haley Atwell as as captain Carter, uh, kind of makes the most sense. Um, but I could see like uh, some of the stuff from that second episode I think could be really cool. I don't know if you bring that into the the mainline MCU because a lot of those characters are pretty similar to um, the versions that we still have or had or, or, or things like well, that. Even the third episode um, has a, a, a potential for something down the line. I don't want to say what it is, but I think you know what I'm hinting mm-hmm. at where it could end mm-hmm. up in another series. Yeah, I think that could be really cool too, man. So like it, it's – we still have six more episodes and we don't know where we know certain characters are popping up based on the cast that was announced. So, you know, um, you know, kind of what movies that they're going to touch on. Um, but yeah, I just think they've been incredibly creative so far. And even though the animation style isn't like cell shaded animation, 3d animation, isn't like my favorite look, like I would have much preferred like a 2d animated kind or of something, thing, but I know that that's spider verse. Yes. Like, yes, I totally agree with that. Um, but that being said, like I thought the action sequences were really well done in all three episodes. And, and I felt like 
it looked its worst when it was just dialogue driven scenes and it looked its best during action sequences. And there are some establishing shots that almost do look t- 2d that I thought were really, or like matte paintings, n- nice looking. Yeah. Matte paintings or something like that. And those looked really, really nice. And like when there wasn't a lot of movement, it did kind of have this 2d look to it. And uh, I thought it did look really, really nice at times. And I guess, yeah, the biggest problem that I had was the first episode kind of feeling too similar to the first captain America. And then, yeah, the voice acting for, certain people is either a little bit stilted if the person you know is playing the same character but they're just reading into a microphone and not actually performing as that character or it's a little distracting when you know you know steve rogers is there or you have a a couple other characters that aren't necessarily voiced by their um their regular uh, actor so i feel like that's kind of my biggest criticisms but even then like i think episodes two and three are so good that I didn't care about that. Like Lake Bell does a good job and being a huge part of that third episode. And then it's the not other distracting whatsoever. Like, like, like when you know, you know, it's Lake Bell, but like, it does feel very close, not just as an imitation. Like it does feel like a the, great her performance. Yeah. And, yeah. Like she kind of nails how uh, black widow speaks. Right. Even though it does sound like Lake Bell, it, I still think that, you know, it does sound like black widow. Yeah, totally. And, and, and again, like, I think that, I would like to have a conversation about this once it's done, just to know where we stand overall, because again, as an anthology series, there are going to be better episodes. And if there are, how many did you say that there there were in total? Nine. Nine? There was originally supposed to be 10, but they had to cut one due to COVID. Okay. So if there are nine episodes, you know, like you have to consider like not all nine are going to be, I mean, already it feels like, you know, I I would get like, if I were to rate the first episode, I would give it a a three out of, out of five where like the other two are, are, are fours basically, or, you know, three and a half Mm -hmm. to four for the second one. And then the third one is four. Um, but it's, it's basically like a two out of three situation right now where it's like, I think two are much better than, uh, the, the first one in terms of what they wanted to achieve with the overall series. So you have to kind of consider that when looking at, the rest of them and how it all stacks up together. And obviously it would be a miracle if it was completely consistent. Like, I don't think there's ever been an anthology series or movie that where every episode has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Because we make the joke all the time with like, even, you know, TV series that we love that ran on too long or had too many episodes per season. I mean, with lost, we keep joking all the time about, you know, uh, Jack's Jack's tattoos tattoos. and that whole episode being completely, you know, extraneous to the series. You didn't need that stuff. You honestly didn't like, and, and you watching, you know the leftovers they they basically kind of were able to nail it within the confines of because because they would do the same thing if 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 the leftovers was 24 episodes guaranteed there'd be an episode where justin thoreau talks about like his workout his his workout regime (laughs) sure yeah how he's so ripped yeah um yeah i i i think this show is fantastic um i know that's probably uh you come to expect that from me who just loves the mcu but um you know, they, they show that they more times than not can, uh, really fucking nail it. And they showed it in this show. Like, um, I cannot wait. Now I have to wait three weeks, um, uh, which is, you know, uh, the best problem to have. I'm very grateful. We got to see three of these episodes, but, um, I can't wait for more. And it's, it's an exciting kind of perfect way of doing this. Cause you'd never be able to see some of this stuff if they tried to do it live action, like you might, uh, but it's so hard to get these amount of people together to do this kind of stuff right and the production would have been nuts so it's such a great idea to do it animated and what if is such a fun comic book series and it's so cool to have that placed into you know this 10 years of of continuity and 10 years of stories that we have and it can go outside of those stories or it can kind of be familiar of of the stories that we already know and uh there's so much potential here for this to be probably one of the longest running mcu shows because we already know we're getting a season two and um do you think they'll bring in that episode that you were mentioning that uh was canceled because of covid yeah so i I don't know they i think they said originally was going to be the first two seasons was 20 episodes for the i think at the time when they had it it was like 20 mcu movies up to that point but like now they're saying like what 
one episode isn't necessarily attached to one movie or something like that. And they just streamlined it a bit to be nine episodes and nine episodes, the two seasons. And, um, uh, but I had, I had read that like they had 30 different scripts written and they kind of went to Kevin Feige and and the MCU team and, and chose the ones that they wanted to do. And just because of COVID and working from home, they decided that nine was a, uh, because of the animation and, and, you know, the lead in time that you need for that, that they just felt like, so I'm assuming whatever that 10th episode one is just going to be in season two. And then season two, one of those episodes will, you know, move to a season three until they kind of, you know, they had three seasons worth of stories, but they said some of the ones that, uh, they didn't use, um, because they wanted to do a Jane Foster becoming Thor, but that idea was abandoned because a Thor Love, and, Love Thunder, and Thunder, which almost does feel and like then, a what if kind of concept. Yeah. yeah. And then they also said that another unused pitch just happened to be kind of half of the plot of Guardians Volume 3. Uh. <laughs> so they just kind of like threw that out and they said like stories that they wanted to use Professor Hulk and an older Steve Rogers. Um, uh, because those were used in Avengers Endgame, they weren't able to do those, but they might be able to revisit that now that Endgame's kind of out and stuff like that. And they said the one thing that they had a kibosh on was that they wanted to do a crossover with Star Wars characters, and they were like, "No, you're not doing that." <laughs> so not yet, anyways. Which, yeah, I, I don't doubt it. Like we might get to that point. Um, like a Guardians crossover with um Star Wars kind of makes sense to me, but um. I don't want that though. Like that seems like the Patton Oswalt and parks and recreation where everything is just of, put uh, into one world. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that. Like I, as much as someone who loves star Wars and loves Marvel, like I don't need that shit. To, I know Disney owns it all, but like in a comic book, sure. But like, I don't need that in some sort of medium where it's quote unquote canon. And I just was like, that's too much. I just let's, let's keep them separate. Right. So anyways, uh, the show is fantastic. Uh, first episode is this Wednesday. Wednesday, August 11th uh, on Disney plus I can't wait to watch them in 4k Dolby vision and Dolby Atmos because the one thing is our screeners uh, uh, I want to watch this in great quality so I will probably watch it for a third time because that's how I do things uh, thank you all for listening uh, Eric and I will probably give you a week by week impression of each episode, not necessarily in a review format on this channel, but you guys can head over to the untitled movie podcast, which is our main show, which we just moved back to a weekly format. So in our, what we've been watching, I'm sure we will talk about what if on a weekly basis, because both Eric and I will be watching it over there. So uh, go subscribe to that channel. Uh, Our latest draft, uh, which was the 97th draft, um, uh no 98th draft eric returned but you can check out the episode with tim gettys which was the one before that um where we talked a little bit about the mcu and stuff like that but our 98th draft uh with eric eric is back we talked some tiff talk 2021 about the midnight madness titles uh as well as kind of what's going on with that festival and much much more uh go check out our other reviews we got lots of stuff uh up there right now like eric mentioned we have a review up for vivo starring michael rooker oh, uh, small role. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah him and lin-manuel miranda should have switched roles uh we have uh reviews for annette free guy uh the suicide squad um uh, the Green Knight, uh, Jungle Cruise, Stillwater, Zola, uh, Snake Eyes, uh, Old, uh, lots more. So go check out all the other reviews. So right much on, content. On, on Untitled Movie Reviews. And then Conversations. Uh, we'll get back to it and we do them when occasionally. When the opportunity uh, presents itself. When, yeah. We just have an interview channel. So if you guys want to go subscribe to Untitled Movie Conversations, uh, whenever we feel like doing an interview, we put it up on there. But sometimes we also have guests on the main show as well uh go subscribe to or go follow us on letterboxd our hq is untitled podcasts um you guys can go over there uh, where we post all of our ratings our rankings our mcu rankings are up there we just put up our dceu rankings over there because the suicide squad came out uh so lots of stuff over there um links to our social channels everything uh if you would be so kind drop us a review on uh apple specifically even if you don't listen on apple it really helps us because that's the one spot where they do the ratings are very prevalent so on untitled movie reviews this show that you're listening to right now if you just go over to apple 
hit you know what you can rate us however you want just be honest uh but if you wouldn't mind heading over there and giving us a rating we would really really appreciate it um as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. i'm eric margin you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time take a whiff of what if